What's going on, Bitcoin Accumulation Country? My name is Phil. It's the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We're in season three, and this is episode 14. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This is going to be a really crazy episode. Um, we recently just had the uh, Lightning Hack Sprint Day, uh, which is uh, hosted by uh, Fulmo Lightning. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get a lot of the main speakers from the projects um, on the Lightning Node roundtable. So this is pretty epic. Uh, we've got a bunch of different speakers from a bunch of different projects describing all the different things that they're doing on Lightning. And it is absolutely amazing. You know, everything from sea Lightning backups to... Um, point time lock contracts, all kinds of stuff that is just totally pushing the envelope uh, for Bitcoin and scaling on Lightning. Anyways, before we get into that amazing conversation, we are going to talk about dollar cost averaging and Swan Bitcoin. As you guys know, they're my first official sponsor, and I'm obviously really glad because they are Bitcoin only, and that's important to me. Uh, very important, actually, probably the, the most important thing. But anyways, let's talk about dollar cost averaging, right? Because in the end, we don't all have the amount, the full amount of money that we are going to put into Bitcoin all in one shot. And what is, I believe, to be the safest and easiest way to get into Bitcoin is with dollar cost averaging. And Swan Bitcoin offers you three really easy things to remember, okay? You can automatically withdraw from your bank account, automatic purchase of BTC, and automatic withdrawal to your chosen address, okay? It's nice and simple. It's run by some good people, and I definitely suggest any Bitcoiners to go and take a look at Swan Bitcoin and see if their dollar cost averaging platform works for you. All right, guys? So check it out. The link will be in the show notes. And now on to the main event. Lightning Node Roundtable number seven. Here we go. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the uh, Lightning Node Roundtable number seven. Uh, this is actually kind of a special edition of the uh, Lightning Node Roundtable because we've got a lot of participants here um, from the Lightning Hack Sprint Weekend. And... Um, I unfortunately did not get to partake in this, but it sounded absolutely amazing. And uh, we've got a lot of guests here. So everybody, as they come in, uh, you know, is going to introduce themselves. But we're going to start off by uh, kicking it off with the uh, with Rootsall, who's going to, you know, kind of just take us through, you know, a bit what happened this weekend and, uh, you know, what was done. And then we can get to some Q&A and some general conversation. Yeah, for sure. Just watching if the live stream is running. There was, I think we posted some pictures from before. I hope we are right, right now, correct in there. So, okay. Um, I'm, um, the, the idea of the hex sprint was normally we wanted to do, um, the, normally we wanted to do the, uh, hack day Barcelona. This was this great thing we wanted to, uh, wanted to get into, but then the situation with Corona was happening and we're seeing, okay, we cannot meet in person here. So, um, yeah, so the idea was what to do. And then we're saying, come on, let's start fresh a little bit smaller. And we, we were thinking about doing the, the hex sprint. So just a kind of meetup of all the, uh, of all the projects that are out there and helping a bit out, uh, to get everything starting in an online, uh, situation. And yeah, and it was quite nice. A lot of projects joined and were, were saying, 
like, yeah, sure, let's do this. They were looking at their GitHubs and labeling some issues for the hackathon. And we, we had cried quite a list now in the end. Uh, that's, that's quite amazing. And a lot of people joined. I think maybe Jeff can tell a little bit more on that, how many people and kind of the, the outside of this, this event. So, um, and, and we just said, let's go for the weekend. And we did two days yesterday, um, um, was Saturday. We started with a kickoff. And then people joined the MetaMost, our chat platform, that's kind of an open Slack, and then find together in single rooms around the projects and start kind of exchanging on their on their projects, what's to do and what's still to fix to improve on this project, or, me, or even come together with new ideas uh, about the project. And um, we had Jitsi rooms where people can just make video calls very spontaneously and coordinate. So this gives you a little bit of this person feeling back again, maybe. And and also we had self-organized sessions. So people had, had a place on the wiki to just add what they like to talk about and even made live streams, talks and discussion groups. Uh, so it ended up in a quite well, um, yeah, quite well um, situation. So if Jeff likes to add anything to that, that uh, for sure, that would be great. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, first of all, it's still a bit sad that we had to cancel the Hector in Barcelona. Or, I mean, hopefully just postpone it, but probably postpone it to next year. So um, I hope everybody in Spain, Polis uh, Pavalela, and all the people who wanted to support us there are actually doing uh, okay and they're holding up all right. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were kind of struggling with not doing it, but um, just three weeks ago, it seemed like we could actually still do it, but then like reality happened. And we kind of had to adjust to you know, new situation. And I think we were also a bit hesitant because um, the original intention to, that we had when we started the Lightning Hack Days was to get everybody off the keyboard or off of their screen and just bring everybody together a bit. To, to actually meet and mingle and change ideas in person because that's really hard to create this energy and um, that that you can feel in person if, if you meet somebody. I mean, you know um, how this goes. Most of you have been there. Um, so I'm pretty happy it worked out quite well with the the hack sprint, and we had a larger focus on already existing projects. But as we will learn tonight, there was also some new projects. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way it went. Um, already, thank you everybody for contributing and for setting it up. Uh, Christian Rutzel did an amazing job, like writing everybody up, and we also had a lot of help with infrastructure and um, pretty much the, the whole Lightning World united once again to, to get everybody together. And I really hope we can do this again. Uh, Hopefully very soon. Um, that, that was the only feedback I got. Um, but what we will do again is something we will talk about in the next minutes and possibly hours. So stay tuned. And I'm also excited to, to learn a bit more about some of the projects because, I mean, I was looking at it at all the projects a bit, but never really got into any details. And some people just didn't talk much, but were actually coding. So here we go. Now, very cool. Thank you very much.
So, I I think what we should do is maybe we could talk a little bit about the uh, about the projects because I, I'm definitely interested to know what uh, you know what you guys came up with. So I, I've seen obviously you know we've had in the past you know we've seen some really cool invoice terminals you know and stuff like that and uh, you know the ability to you know obviously there's the uh, the raspy blitz and all the amazing things we can do with that. So what's uh, you know what are some of the projects that came out of this? If uh, I, I don't know uh, Christian Rutsal, if you uh, if you want to just uh... yeah sure thank um, you the, I, I try to go through the list on the wiki because quite a lot of projects and I I have to be careful here to not to leave anybody out or something like that so look, let's start with it um, sure we have um, at the at the first project of course there's the recipe blitz but I don't want to talk too much about it because. Uh, I'm the lead developer, and, um, and so the most of the things we did also was a little bit use the time with the team to um, to uh, get to get together and um, to to plan some further steps, uh, discuss some issues, but and, and, but also helping a lot of other kind of projects to to get their thing on the recipe blitz going because a lot of projects are now related to the recipe blitz because you can install uh, this uh, like rtl or the allen bits or the the, the spec the desktop so a lot of stuff there um that that's connecting projects so that was a lot of stuff we did there um we prepared we prepared some people's recipe blitzes um uh, in the uh, in the process because uh, that's always uh, the support we do um we planned a little bit reviving a blitz d feature so like having uh, a more like a little server written that can then f can help on on uh, presenting maybe in a, in a browser setup situation some stuff better um, we were testing a better way to detect public IP um, for the outside so that we that we get rid of some services that we think can can be more decentralized and the um, and yeah one one funny thing what we really tried out what I really enjoyed uh, is the, the work with fusion 44 for example he was he's writing the um, send many app so it's one of these uh, an Android app that you can connect with the recipe blitz and you can use the key send feature from from LMD uh, the key send allows you to send data uh, over the nighting networks and exchanging chat messages or for example with other nodes and uh, yeah, we made it possible to connect our uh, our SendMany app with the recipe blitzes and and, and writing through this uh, through the SendMany app like over the Lightning network, exchanging chat messages from our mobile phones. So that was quite a, quite a nice experience there. Um, we think OpenOMS was there, MZ was there, Fusion Forty Four, and me kind of doing doing chat tests. So this was was quite a good takeaway there from the recipe blitz side. Um, maybe before I continue to another project. Uh, any um, any questions there on on the on, on the on the recipe blitz quickly before we continue to do the other projects? Yeah, I, I'd actually uh, I'd like to throw in a question just about the uh, you were discussing. I think I saw a tweet from OpenNOMS about CoinJoin on the one point five release candidate. Uh, OpenNOMS, do you like to jump in there? Um, yes, yeah, so we have implemented Join Market for the one point five. Uh, which is now on the release candidate uh, images out already. It's uh, basically an, an install feature. So as the usual, uh, as usual with other services, you can install join market from the services menu, which is set itself up, and we try to automate as much as many things as possible to make it easy to use. And <clears throat> there is a related guide as well, which is pointing to. Uh, 
like one of the guys which has been going uh, for a while to support uh, the setup of the, of join market and rest so what you'll have is a common line for now and a good guide to support using it and then we'll continue to um, you know implement it into the GUI and and try to help as much as possible but uh, the main thing is that you have full node running and now you can you can use join market connected to it and running on it but it um, wasn't the focus of this weekend because obviously this is a was a lightning hack sprint so you know and we uh trying to keep away from the chain <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but that that was kind of a uh, I, I saw that tweet and the, and then it uh, kind of became a bit of a listener question, you know, because uh, somebody was talking about you know the uh, the fact that you know CoinJoin isn't really integrated in you know into things and you know when that's coming and it's just kind of serendipitous that I, I happened to you know see that uh, come up, you know, the next day. Um, yes, sure. I mean, April fourth of April was the I don't know non-official you know CoinJoin day as well. So I think that. That's why that kind of uh, topic and uh, tweet blew up a little as well. Cool. Very important. Huh? Absolutely. You know, privacy. Um, I actually do have a, another question. Is there in the 1.5, is there any update to the LCD functionality, the, the touchscreen functionality? Because in the, the 1.4, you guys really expanded, you know, on the, uh, the touchscreen capability. And, you know, we have the ability to create the... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know the invoices to be able to use it also uh, as an invoice terminal. So, uh, any other uh, touchscreen functionality? Uh, on that one, I have to say the one point five was a quick release. Normally, we planned planned more for the one point five. So uh, there was no kind of further uh, features on the on on the touchscreen there. But this was one thing we discussed during this this hack sprint that uh, this is a, a situation where we want to go forward and allow uh, allow in future form of status screens and then stuff. But it's still something to, to come up in a future version. So on the 1.5, no further touchscreen um, functionality, I have to say, but it's coming. Cool. Very, very cool. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive into one of the projects from the uh, from the hack day. What did we got? What did uh, what did you add what? on to the Raspy Blitz? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Raspy Blitz. Okay, uh, sorry, sorry. It's not about the Raspy Blitz. Yeah, it, it, it's about the Lightning ATM, the do-it-yourself Lightning ATM from cool. 21 is enough. I, he asked me to report a little bit on on, on it because he's not available at, uh, at this time. So um, what at least what uh, what I heard, what they were working on. So just in case, it, it's a, it's a do-it-yourself ATM. So a little box where you can put coins in, and it, it gives you kind of satoshis back for it. So it's a do-it-yourself ATM for coins and gives you satoshis. And beautiful box, beautiful designed. And uh, they, as far as I can read from the outcomes, they removed some some dependencies. Uh, Pi Coin Gecko. Uh, some specifics here. Um, so I think this is always good to remove uh, dependencies um, to, to get this cleaner, so cleaning code up. They um, made uh, better wallet management uh, on, on the ATM. So for the person kind of maintaining the ATM, that seems to be uh, improvements there. They they tried some code snippets to try another touch screen um, thing because I think before they just had the uh, 
uh, e-paper there, and now they, they're experimenting a little bit more with, with little uh, LCDs and touchscreens, so, and they're working on that one. So this is the kind of things there. Um, names that I'm reading here is Talon Pierre and uh, Mr. Rostecki. So uh, there are people who come together around the project. That's quite nice. That's exactly what we wanted to do with the Hexprint. So some progress there. Um, and I will jump to another project that's maybe in the um, here in the um, in the call. Let's see. So do we have somebody here? Um, let's see who's who's still in the uh, who's in the call. We have Momo Campbell. You see, Sergi. Sergi, uh, can you can you tell us a little bit our uh, their uh, your your project and what your outcomes and and uh, things were? Um, sure. Uh, so we were working on wet showers, uh, the implementation we opened short recently called the Ayushatoshi, which was supposed to be, well, which is actually, uh, Vault 13 um, compliant wet shower. And the idea was to like, um, well, work a little bit on the integration with uh, other clients. So for example, Sea Lining was um, working on a hook uh, for like the last week. So you could like retrieve the commitment transaction information and penalty transaction information in order to like send all that to the white shower. And it turned out that that was um, like way more advanced than I thought. So we were able to start uh, playing around with like the plugin system to to like integrate the, the tower with with C Lightning. Um, we also had uh, some people working on uh, Docker, so creating a Docker image for for the tower to ease the the deployment of it. So basically, you can just like one click or one command run uh, the tower on your machine. And what else? Um, there was some people also working on uh, deleting information from the tower on the user request. So the idea right now was that the user was able to like send all the information, all the appointments to the tower, and the tower was like uh, keeping track of everything. And then if like uh, the tower uh, saw uh, a breach, then it would react and like manage all the workflow by itself, right? But there was like no deletion from the user, and that's something that we wanted to add uh, for the first release. So there was also some people working on that. Um, I have to say it's, it has come like quite nicely because we had like people working on like half of the issues we opened. It was like way more than we, we thought at the beginning. So I'm like really um, happy of, um, I mean, I'm really happy with like the results of this. That's really cool, by the way. Thank you very much. I, I, I haven't really heard much about, uh, about the, um, uh, the watchtowers recently. So that's a really cool development that you guys are trying to do. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have to say that we, that's like one of the things that uh, we also thought uh, when we were working on this, right? I, I had a talk yesterday too about uh, this, like trying to raise a little bit of awareness. Um, because as I was saying yesterday, uh, they, ha they haven't been like that much going on on towers for the last, I don't know, like maybe half a year or so. Uh, since like the first big release from LND, we haven't heard that much about it. Um, but we think it's really it's a really important thing to have there. So we've been like also trying to push it a little bit. So I just want to make sure if I understand correctly, though, um, because you're building this, you you have somebody doing uh, building a Docker for this. So would we expect that this would be something that would be included with the image of a lightning node um, or specifically for the invoice terminal? Sorry. Uh, no, this is. The idea of this is like to be completely decoupled of any other kind of node, so you can run a tower without having to like run a full uh, full lightning node by yourself. Uh, because at the end of the day, you don't need like much. Um, I mean, you don't need like 
most of the uh, node capabilities in order to like watch for channel breaches. So with like Bitcoin D and a little bit more, you can actually uh, do this. Okay. Very, so very cool. the whole point of it was to like, oh sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say that the whole point of this was to like uh, offer a tower service that can like be accessed by like any kind of node. It doesn't matter uh, what implementation you're running. So you want to like, like bug your um, data tower, then you can. Okay, that's. I, I'm super excited because, uh, like I said, I think watchtowers, to your point, is incredibly important. Um, I, I actually, you know, obviously, I think it contributes to the stability uh, of, of Lightning. And, and not only that, but um, uh, I'm trying to find the right word to, uh, to use, but even the security of using Lightning. So greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, Rutsal, who do we uh, who do we got next? Who are uh, talking about the project <laughs> that they worked on? <laughs> okay, let, let me try to, to to scratch the list here a little bit. So I see the Alan Bits and the the quickening here, like two two projects that Ben is uh, kind of working on or at least mentoring. So um, I don't know, Ben, are you there? I saw you on the on the list here in the ch uh, in the chat. Yeah, hi man. So we made a we made a there was some confusion over the stream. We made a competing stream. So uh, we had like a whole bunch of your audience uh, on another stream uh, for a good ten minutes. Um, and we actually had a demo. We'll have to get um, the um, the game, uh, the first person shooter, because uh, we, we demoed that because he was in he was in the wrong stream. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no LM bits and um, uh, the quickening. Uh, I haven't really done much with them over the weekend, to be honest, because I've been busy just interviewing all the fantastic people um, involved in the the, the hack the hack uh, hack sprint. So uh, we've had some 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 great interviews uh, and some real good chats. Um, so I didn't really get much time to actually do any hacking, but that's always the same in any lightning hack day. I have all these like this ambition that I'm going to sit down and be very productive, and you just can't because there's so many interesting people around you. Um, uh, and I can't say I can't multitask anyway. So yeah, not really much um, uh, much movement on those. I mean, Eniko um, he he did uh, a new extension, I think. So he's claimed one of the bounties. Uh, so there are still two bounties for zero point zero three BTC um, to make an extension for Alan Bits. So if you're interested in doing that, then hit me up on Twitter. Um, we did some actually. I did do some work last night after uh, the first hack day, just on Alan Bits itself, getting it ready for the the new. Release so hopefully by the end of the week we'll have a version zero point one, um, and it's got an updated GUI, it'll be updated uh, uh, a framework, and um, we've refactored the back end. Well, we and it goes refactored the back end, so it it's no longer spaghetti code, so um, a little bit more functional. So looking forward to, to that being released. And I did see some stuff on the quickening. There were some people making uh, using the M five stack sats um, and uh, playing around with those. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. From that, I, it was, I, I want to have a, like Groundhog Day where I can like re experience the whole thing as you know, and actually visit those channels and contribute, um, uh, and then and then maybe do it again and, and visit some other channels and, and have a look at what they're doing. So it's so, such fascinating. Um, everyone's working on such fascinating projects, uh, but sadly, you know, it's uh, a, a one-time thing. Although I'm saying that the the matter most I hear is going to be running for a little while, so maybe I can hop in some of those channels and and read read through what what people are getting up to over the weekend. Yeah, so not, not a lot of fun. 
I was chatting with the with the people working on the quickening uh, shortly, and uh, they they said they're working, for example, try to work on the calculator calculator thing so that you can use it in a bar. So you have to think you have four beers, for example, uh, like three fifty and whatever like, and the bar staff can just because it looks already like a calculator. You just put point in like three times four fifty. It gives you kind of the euro amount, and then you say pay it and then it gives you the lighting invoice so i heard at least this was working on it was not finished so um but the person working on that was saying like uh, yeah i will work on that continue on that and let you know when it's ready so i'm really looking forward yeah, to cool. that and, cool. and as i was seeing uh, uh, somebody was also telling uh, sending me a video i don't want to tell now yeah. but but, but um, really, i already called him out on twitter so it was content yeah, yeah. he did a great job <laughs> but, but really, it was nice because there was always a question for this little point of sale yeah. when when uh, somebody was was kind of paying li a lightning invoice and the bar staff normally turns away doing other things. So there needed to be a sound that, that gives you confirmation. And somebody really programmed kind of music thing there. So it was giving you a little melody even like uh, oh, to, to, to let you know. That's the benefit of building your own point of sale system is you can work those. I mean, if you look at legacy point of sale systems, they don't calculate and they don't make noises, um, which is kind of like, I just modeled, I, I was just like, let's just try and make what they, what, what that thing can do, um, uh, but do a lightning version of it. But then, you know, that device has the flexibility to do a whole bunch of other things like make noises and, and do calculations as well. Um, and then issue refunds, you could issue a refund through an LN URL um, on, on the screen, which is something I'm quite keen at looking at at some point. Um, so uh so yeah no it's it's great it's, it's great i was so happy to get that video from uh from Conta, uh yesterday evening it made my day <laughs> yeah it was really nice to see so so a little bit sad i don't i don't see him around here so otherwise i would uh so if, you, if you're here in the chat room step forward but i don't see the name here so i don't I'm think thinking about, i mean I, I think i might make um uh put him on the uh github um, yeah, right. as, if he doesn't mind as if, if, if you know, I, I might get him to become an administrator on the github uh for yeah. it so i need to um I just need a few extra people uh, to, to 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 muck in, like look, because I've got so many repos now. I get I get I get lost in them. So I, I need um, uh, some people just to check over the issues and and also he does a lot of like workshops and things um, based on things like the quickening. So it's cool to have his input. Yeah. Any any questions uh, about the quickening or the PO uh, or the Olympics out there? So now's the point. Okay, should I should I continue to the next project? Like go through the list. Oh yeah, scratch one off. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's so so it. let's see what do we have here. Um, we were seeing some uh, work on the Spectre desktop. So uh, just to to um, to give you a background on the Spectre desktop, uh, Kim, are you in in the room? I'm not sure. Let's see. I don't see so. So let me let me give you a wrap up. The um, the do-it-yourself Spectre wallet is what uh, Stefan Signorev is uh, is working on, and Kim. They it's a do-it-yourself build build your own wallet uh, hardware wallet, and uh, they because a hardware wallet needs a good software uh, part. Also, they're working on Spectre desktop, and Spectre desktop is not just limited to their hardware wallet. It also supports Code Card, and uh, Trevor and Ledger. And uh, so you can make uh, multi-sig setups with those. 
Um, the ledger, uh, the, the Spectre desktop uh, is part of the new Respublitz release, the 1.5. So there's a release candidate out, the final version hopefully coming up next kind of weeks. Um, and they, the idea of the hex sprint was to test this out. And some people did uh, test it out with, with ledger wallets. I, I saw a report with Trezor. So basically I heard it works, but there's something that could be nicer, of course, um, some, some things. So, so it's basic, the basic functionality seems to be good. And uh, together with Kim, we were looking into um, uh, uh, still an install issue that were on the recipe blitz that seems to be fixed. We um, so we have to we give this then into more testing. I think there will be a release candidate too uh, after this uh, weekend, so that people can can test it further and maybe confirm that it's that it's now okay. Um, and yeah, so respect the desktop coming to the recipe blitz looking very good, um, and this kind of confirmed uh, on this hex print. Did oh. you heard, Konikaris, uh, did you heard about Spectre Desktop nope. at all before? Nope. I was just going to say this sounds amazing. Um, so I'm super excited to install it. I, I've, been building a, I've been building my own little 3D lightning case. Um, so I plan on putting the, uh, the 1.5 inside of it. And I don't know if you guys here, I don't know if you guys can see, but this is one of the demos of it. None, um, at the moment, we just, uh, yeah, there you come. Okay. There we go. So this is the uh, the beginning of it. Ooh, this nice. is what, yeah, not <laughs> not bad, not bad. I know some people they they like it a little bit smaller, but uh, but for me, I I uh, decided to go with uh, with this. Um, anyways, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the revs. Hopefully, I'll have something to show very soon. But yes, I, I'm excited to install the 1.5 on that. <laughs> so I, I haven't heard of nice. Spectre. I haven't heard of Spectre Desktop. So, but is oh, yeah. it? Give it a try. So. So it's an actual desktop app. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's something then you call in your browser, like like you do with the RTL app. So it's it's, it's a little bit the same thing. Okay. You call it then on your browser, and um and then it gives you a, a, a control interface where you can do the setups of the wallets uh, and so so something to uh, we have to figure out if all the details are working uh, still. So, but at least the first tests from the hex print looking good, and uh, looking forward to see your feedback on that on the. Uh, on the release candidate to then when it comes out. Cool. I'm looking forward to installing it. Okay. Um, okay, let us go to the list because there's, there's still something to go. Uh, also, um, somebody asked me to report uh, is the on the Tor2 IP tunnel service. Um, uh, MZ was, uh, was was taking a look, and uh, I think also OpenOMS can, can give us a little bit more background soon. But just to give you the basic idea, the a lot of nodes, like even the the, the Staticus was mentioning this on the Lightning conference again. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, that the, the a lot of nodes um, would like to have a possibility to run behind Tor because that's an easy setup for people to do at home. You don't have to configure stuff and uh, on on the net stuff. But sometimes there are situations where you need a public IP. Uh, and to make it easy, it would be great if there would be a Tor to IP bridge would be available, some service that could could be around um, that you can use. Either you can, there's a, somebody setting this up and you use it and pay it with a little bit some lightning satoshis, or it's a very easy thing to set up yourself on, on a server. And this was something uh, MZ uh, was starting to look in and found uh, a way to use SoCut, so a tool on Unix. 
Linux to, um, to, to, to make this port forwarding on a server. And from there on, other people were picking, picking up uh, and, and trying stuff out. Uh, Kim, I think he's not, not here, was, was trying to prepare kind of a management web front end for that. And I think OpenOMS did, did also some, some tutorial on how to do your own VPS, I think. OpenOMS, if you can give us a little bit details there. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, yeah, so so indeed, MZ was coming up with the core of this idea, which is to introduce us to this SOCAT tool and and the syntax of it to use. But then <clears throat> from there, we had we already had this um, remote um, reverse SSH tunnel setup, which is inbuilt in the Raspberry Pi. So I had a manual guide for it as well. Uh, and then on that route. I've basically done a quick guide how to set up the store to IP tunnel service on a on a virtual private uh, server, which we have a couple of uh, like lightning payable uh, options as well, like the host for coins.net or or the BitCloud's SH, which is reachable over even LNTX bot. So the point will be that now this setup can be tested and we see how reliable it is and then in the future we might be able to do a scripted version which can be caught from the from the Raspberry Blitz and then you would just basically register for a, uh, a server on one of these services baited lightning privately and then would be able to use a public IP which you can either um, couple to your lightning node so your lightning node behind Tor would have um, a gate to the clearnet, which other nodes from the clearnet can connect to. And also you will be able to plug this. You, you can use it with other ports like the REST or the GIPC API ports. So you, you could plug this clearnet um, IP address into a BTC pay server instance, or you could pair your mobile wallets like Zeus or Zap. Uh, so it, it gives a lot of... Uh, um, possibilities without hurting any of the privacy um, with a with a small fee of having a, a VPS subscription. Wow. That's that that definitely doesn't sound like it's for the uh, for the standard user though. I, I feel like <laughs> I don't know, I feel like that's a little bit more advanced. <laughs> well if, yeah. you, if, if if you want to keep your notes private and running behind Tor, then <laughs> you you either you know, do some wizardry with your router and uh, <laughs> like and remote SSH tunnel and things like that. This is actually sounds complicated, but it is actually much less uh, difficult to set up. So we can you know link to this guide and uh, you will see that it hardly takes an A4 page uh, and just a couple of lines of code. So I really recommend to look into it and then you know we, once we demonstrate of of its usage, it. Yeah, I think it will be quite widespread soon. <laughs> I hope. Very cool. Yeah, I, I really hope it will get get in. The, this is a very early stage of this, so we have really to now to 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 experiment with this, see where the performance limits are, and um, but if it's running, then fine. On a technical level, we have to see how we can package it uh, in in a good way to make it easy for everybody who has a node to use it, and to think the, the nodes have very much interest to make it very easy for you to 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 make that happen and to to have it also to get it to a, I click it and it and I and I use it uh, situation a bit bit more so. Let's let's hope for that in the future. Uh, but at the moment, it's a technical prototype. 
no, it, it's it's very nice and it's definitely very much needed. For for example, where where would where it's, it's nice in the room seventy seven, for example, we use the point of sale, the the M five stack, and this device cannot talk Tor. There's an ESP thirty two in there that's not able to to at least I, I haven't seen a Tor library for oh. that, and I would would kind of wonder if I see one. So um, so for for this kind of devices, it would be great to have an uh, have such a bridge to IP, and then the node itself can can run behind Tor and communicate to the outside. So at least for so, so, so such situations, uh, it's a good solution. I think you can we can will have very very soon. You know what? I, I never wire sharked the data between the uh, between the node and the uh, the M five stack. That's uh, that's a good point. You know, like, <laughs> I, I didn't think of that. I was like, I that's true. I, I've never seen a Tor library for it, but yeah, maybe that. I'm sure that that will come because you know what? Uh, people are getting more and more fascinated with the microcontrollers and and how easy they are to work with. You know. Yeah, and the good thing, at least with the M5 stack, is there's just an invoice macaroon there uh, and a read macaroon. So you cannot at least have no admin macaroon in there. So nobody, even if, if somebody finds a way to, 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 to see something or whatever, like you can at least not run away with your funds. So that, that, that's at least a good thing to, to know. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that there is no Tor library for doing that. But uh, my question here is that uh, the solution you made for um, uh, like, uh, uh, exposing the lightning nodes uh, with public IP. Uh, did you make it like specially only for lightning, or I don't know, or your solution might be used for general for exposing hidden services or like anything behind Tor? Because I was wondering, because having some general solution like for every kind of like uh, API or service you expose on support would be useful, I think. Yeah, to, to 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 just get quickly back on that. So uh, at the moment, the, the basic thing is just the forwarding of traffic, uh, so of IP traffic. So at the moment, you can expose any kind of service to that. Depends, maybe some services have special needs. So, but but basically, uh, you can expose the hidden services with that. But the what what it will be in the end is like that. You either use it for yourself, you just set it up and use it for yourself, or on the other side, if it's some service you kind of pay for it to use, I think that service has very much interest there to not just hosting or forwarding a dark market or something. So um, either it will get into get into trouble. So um, I think it's possible to probe uh, this. Uh, those those things and see if this is just an LND that uh, an API LND API that is forwarded here, or if they're really serving a web page or something. So to do to, it can be different on on that one. So um, yeah, I think basically you can do this. Uh, I think people could could have done it before. It's not not not, not a new trick that we pulled out here. Uh, but there is some implica implications here. Not every hidden service will be using this. But I think for Lightning nodes, that they are in an area where this can make sense. So if I, if I can just uh, comment on that, it is, um, so yes, so this is to expose APIs, most of all, and uh, not, for example, to use uh, for like BTCP servers to run it behind Tor and then expose it to, to an IP address anon anonymously. Um, I would just say what the hostforcoins.net website has as a policy, that they say, if you receive any abuse report, your server will be immediately suspended and the complaint transferred to you if you provided a valid email address. <laughs> and if the issues are not fixed in 48 hours, it will be terminated and no refund. So, you know, they, 
they need to kind of somehow uh, protect the service provider themselves uh, to to stop you abusing this kind of service to uh, use their VPS as an exit node, basically. Uh, but if we kind of uh, take this and just keep it to the APIs, uh, like the LNDRPC or uh, GRPC or REST, then this shouldn't be an issue at all. All right, okay, thanks for answers. All right, who do we got? Yeah, I can I can I can take check the list by, uh, further what we what we have. So um, yeah, there's still one challenge uh, we had on the list. Uh, this was more kind of a wish list from 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 Fulmo um, because there's there's still up for grabs. So if somebody wants to work on this even after this hex sprint, we are, would be very very happy. Um, this is the wiki lightning spam protection. So there somebody made a prototype. Um, where you can um, can add, add something to a uh, to a media wiki um, like we use for the for for the hackathon or for the hack sprint, um, so that that when you edit a page that you have to pay a little satoshi to to uh, to, to 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 protect against spam so that somebody's not completely editing editing your wiki and and is not paying nothing. So and this to turn this into a real media uh, wiki extension would be very very nice. Uh, we would we could have used this very quite quite nice uh during this this hex sprint because we had some some people were kind of uh yeah a little bit playing with our wiki let's call it that way and uh so um yeah something like that could be very very nice uh, for the future so if somebody still has some time to kill in the next kind of days uh please please grab this grab this uh, challenge there's also a bounty attached to this still to 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 claim so at least to to let everybody know that would be would be awesome Um, then we had the um, people working on the Exchange Union Open Dex. Is somebody here in the room? Just have to ask because I don't. I'm not in. I didn't hear a, a report from from that project back. So uh, maybe somebody was not available because of family situation or something. So um, would be nice to to if somebody is somebody there. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's uh, let's jump over to the next one, the Rust Lightning uh, Network uh, implementation. Somebody here from that project in the room likes to like to give us a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. Do you hear me? Oh yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Well, it it became quite dark here when we started. It was quite light so i had a chance to turn the lights on anyway uh we basically with this um we have an effort an going effort we name it lnpbp uh standards uh, an effort to enable layer two and layer three applications to happen actually i will even probably share my screen just to may it will be more informative to do that uh, there is a lot of new ex exciting stuff happening with the new protocol developers and a lot of buzz about such things like channel factories. Uh, guys from short bits, they are doing, and Linepicard, uh, they are doing with discrete block contracts with attempts to bring them on Lightning Network. There are this uh, RGB and Spectrum project that I'm working on mostly the last for the past time. 
It's basically assets or identity or even more complex smart contracts on Lightning Network. And uh, an idea related to that is a high-frequency micropayment. So you can just, with a zero signatures, with zero loads on the client server side, you can stream the payments on sub-satoshi levels. And there are another proposals like Storm Prometheus regarding the storage and messaging over the Lightning Network, regarding the high-load computing. So a lot, a lot of new applications and new layers appearing. And Lightning Network evolutionized by itself. So we will have Schnorr signatures at Taproot hopefully this year. There is another proposal from uh, Shurbir guys and Zimin uh, is payment point, appointment points to replace HTLC, uh, which are more reliable. And L2 probably will happen someday. So Lightning Network change changes and a lot of stuff is being developed on that. However, the actual software that we have, it's, well, you, for sure you can feed this functionality into what you have today, but it would be good to have something for the developers of these technologies to play with and to experiment with. Uh, we need Lightning nodes to be able to support multiple channels, and the most of them are limited in their uh, architecture that it's impossible just to simply stick to that with our big refactoring, uh, we need to abstract on commitment and funding transaction structure. Many of these projects, they need to add additional outputs to commitment transactions or structure funding transaction in a different way or do channel splits and other stuff. And actually what we have with the existing lightning nodes is that the structure of these transactions are right hard-coded. It's embedded into the code, and it's very hard to modify it without changing a lot of actual code. And we need to modularize such mechanics like SQL and penalty mechanisms with HTLC being able to replace and better separate networking layers. Maybe some of you have listened to my presentation, my talk on the Lightning Conference, where I was explaining why the layer separation in Lightning Network is really, really important, properly separation. So with this... Uh, Effort ongoing effort on standardization process for light for two and three layered applications. I brought this challenge to Hackathon. There is already a library, Rust Lightning library, developed by Matt Corala, and uh, now when he moved to uh, Square Crypto, they are transforming it into Lightning Developer Kit. It is written in Rust. And the idea was to take this library and to take uh, other de developments that we had made for multi-threaded server uh, infrastructure that we used for creating a new Bitcoin uh, blockchain indexing server, uh, working with Miniscript. So to take them together and create a new uh, Rust Lightning node which will be a modern one, microservice basis, scalable up to enterprise environments with dockerization and all the stuff, uh, able to process a high load uh, with a zero message queue API instead of JSON RPC, and uh, do a push, push based notifications, support of non-custodial wallets without them requiring to install and to run the Lightning node locally on mobile but that to communicate it through the push-based mechanics. Uh, separation of layers for 
peer connections and channels. So we might have uh, multi-peer channels or multi uh, or multiple channels per peer and extensible with the new functionality. So you can easily stack new transactions output and everything like that. Uh, one of the best examples uh, regarding the architecture on the market is C-Lighting. They've done their nodes as a multiple processes, multiple demons communicating with each other. But our analysis had shown that we probably had to go even farther than that. So here we, before the hackathon, we drafted what processes do we need to have, how we need to separate them, how do we need to build communications across them. And throughout the hackathon, it's actually, we worked a lot on this architecture. Basically, we ended up that the server, the lightning node will consist of multiple processes, even probably in different Docker instances, synchronized through, through the zero message queue bus. And uh, at the end of the hackathon, what we actually have created, we have created the core of the lightning node with this whole complex multi-thread non-blocking API architecture and zero message queue. We have abstracted layers related for transport and messaging, Bolt 8 and Bolt 1, from the Rust Lightning library in two modules. Because with the Lightning Network, you probably know it's a set of protocols and you can do really interesting things like Bolt 8, it defines an encryption, generic encryption protocol. Uh, it can be not specific to Lightning Network, it uses uh, these Lightning Node IDs, which are public keys. And with this protocol, you can transfer arbitrary data and you can use these protocols outside of Lightning channels to build your own P2P communication in your software. So abstracting this layer was really important. Unfortunately, nobody abstracted it yet. And it was embedded deeply into the libraries and existing software. And the next thing is that we had to abstract the peer messaging. Before the creation of channel, Lightning Node can exchange messages. And this set of messages can be extended with new message types. And again, it was very much interacted and embedded into the channel management. However, its functionality can be utilized. So the message, uh, the Lightning Node can agree additional parameters or create a multi-peer channels and that stuff. So that was required for that. And we abstracted that into another piece, another module within this library on GitHub. And so at the end of the day, right now, we have a peer daemon able to run P2P remote node communications. We are still putting the pieces together of these different parts. They are all already can be compiled and played with, but now we are sticking all them to each other through this, uh, through libraries and zero message queue. And that's why I hope we will move forward uh, together, we, we had a big support from Matt Corrala and Chain Code Lab guys. Uh, they actually very open to communications, and we will also have a call with them tomorrow. And Christian Decker, he also, over the time, he has proposed many ideas to this multi-thread architecture and improvements of the Lightning Protocol. So we will continue to develop this node and support developers who would be planning to work on that and join this project. And hopefully over some time we will have this new shiny lightning node ready for all layer two and layer three beautiful apps. That is huge. 
I mean, I, I don't even, I, I can't even describe it any differently than that. Max, th thank you so much for presenting that. That That is absolutely incredible. Thanks. I, I know that there are a lot of people waiting for channel factories to actually be able to build on them. You know, so um, I actually did an interview with a gentleman named Pete Wynn, and um, he's he's kind of floating an idea called Lockbox, but it can't exist without channel factories. So this is really cool stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's not only code, it's also standards and adoption. But anyway, some the note will be a step to forcing this happening, I hope. Thanks. Very cool, man. Thank you. Okay, so I uh, think we, we, we see what well, who else we, we can find on the list. Um, yeah. uh, quick, quick question from GetRoutVir, somebody here? Because I hadn't also hadn't seen or uh, got, got a feedback. Yeah, yeah. hi. hi. Oh, I, I'm here, but there is another person, Stefan, who would like to speak next because his battery is running out. So uh, let him speak first and then I can join. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Th thank, thank you very much. Thanks for, for stepping back. So, every, so can you hear me? Oh yeah. yeah, we can hear you very awesome. well. That's great, awesome. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to few, say a few short uh, words on uh, WeNote, my project. Uh, it's, it's, it used to be called CheapNote. It's just the idea of running um, full Bitcoin nodes and Lightning nodes and every and like stuff like um, uh, personal electron personal server and, and all these little gadgets that you have on a Raspberry Blitz, for example, on um, old mobile phones, old Android phones. Uh, the cheapest nodes um, that are available, in my opinion, might be broken even, might have a broken display, whatever. Uh, just use these little things as servers. And I, I wrote up some scripts to, to help in, um, install these for a, a while ago, but I hadn't tested it because my setup just worked. Uh, and I wanted to... Um, to get some people to to test these, unfortunately nobody got in, interested. So, but at least uh, I had an excuse to to do it myself and set it up on another phone, and uh, yeah, smoothed out quite some wrinkles. And I hope it it'll it'll work now. So um, it's published now, and you can go and uh, try to revive your old old headphone uh, old. Um, mobile phones and give them a second life as um, full node and um, and a lightning node. Yeah, I'll, I'll share the link. <laughs> Thanks. Cool, thank you. That, that sounds awesome. All right, who would like to go next? Yeah, hi, uh, can I go next? I was the, the guy with the GetRoute via project. Very cool. I, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. what was the project? Please. What's the project called? It's uh, get route via. It's mean like like get route for getting routes, but via some uh, determined node. So basically, this is just a small, uh, very like small project for me to get more um, more accustomed to the plugin system. And this is the idea that originated from uh, my research, which I had done with uh, Rene Picard and other collaborators, which I talked about uh, yesterday. The probing channels for Lightning Network. So one of the challenges that we had there was to make our routes go through specific nodes that we chose. So I decided to kind of separate this functionality and uh, it works in some kind of very, uh, very basic implementation. So um, uh, if I just uh, call, call it with a parameter, um, specifying which node I want my uh, route to go through, then it, 
in in the backstage is it, it goes like something along the lines of uh, breadth first search and it uh, excludes the channels until the usual get route functionality from C lightning actually outputs the channel that satisfies this requirement and of course it's not only possible to specify the node it's possible on, also to add some uh, some code to test some other requirements that a node might specify and in the end i would like uh, to see a plugin that uh, lets me specify precisely what i want from my route for example like i uh, also did some kind of very very, very stupid idea just to test it out uh, if i don't want the ids of the nodes in my route to end in uh, even numbers i only want odd numbers for whatever reason then i can also do that it's kind of stupid but just just to illustrate the idea so the code is on github and uh, if anyone is interested then uh, you can you can join you can submit ideas or i don't know con contribute just a, a small project which i hope may be of use to someone and also uh, i would like to make a quick um, update on my yesterday's talk so yesterday i was doing a talk about um, probing the balances in the lightning network and we showed uh, that it is actually possible to do and with rather high precision and low cost an attacker can determine where the balance is inside the channel and we were talking about this interesting trade-off between privacy and um, eff efficiency of routing and the thing that i forgot to mention uh, and uh, i should definitely mention that is that um, the idea of uh, rene picard who is one of the collaborators on this project about just-in-time routing may help uh, may help here uh, so uh, if I'm trying to probe some route and in just-in-time routing, some intermediary node can uh, rebalance its own channels before it forwards payments further. So uh, if some payment is going through me, I understand I don't have enough capacity, but instead of returning the error and letting the attacker uh, derive some conclusions based on this error, I first adjust my own channels and then I perform a payment if uh, like if it can go through after all. So this is kind of a countermeasure that I think it's important to uh, to mention as well. And uh, Rene also says hello to all the participants. Unfortunately, he isn't able to uh, to participate in this event, but uh, warm warm greetings from, from him to everyone. So that, that's all for me, basically. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. I, I mean, that that is really amazing. I can tell you that that is one of the main questions that I get about Lightning is, can I specify my route? You know, like, can, can I just choose, you know, which way I go? And, and that is that, that is definitely something, uh, something neat. So I'm definitely excited to see the, uh, the development come from that. Yeah, Th thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody, for organizing this, for joining this event. I'm, I'm happy to be part of it, and I hope we'll see more, more online events and sometime more offline events as well as soon as it is possible. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. Um, yeah, should I show the next one on the list uh, I have here on the wiki uh, is the backup plugin for Sea Lightning. Anybody here in the room? Uh, hey. Yes. Hi. Uh, so yeah, I'm Michael, and uh, we are working on that with uh, Christian Decker. So uh, we are developing the plugin for Sea Lightning for making the synchronous backups. So uh, to backup the database on every write. Uh, to, to the C Lightning database. And uh, the initial uh, version of plugin, which uh, Christian wrote, uh, uh, is uh, a file ba uh, backup. And uh, uh, we also developed um, 
uh, th th uh, there is also a possibility to backup it on Dropbox, and we have a plan to uh, have the other cloud storages uh, as well. Uh, and what we did also, what I did uh, is uh, um, encrypting uh, with PGP uh, the, the, uh, the backup if uh, the cloud storage of any kind is used. So far, it's Dropbox. Uh, and you can find it on GitHub. Uh, there is uh, there are two links um, on the wiki. Uh, you can just go there. Uh, it's uh, pure selecting plugin, so uh, we didn't modify anything. It's selecting itself. Uh, yeah, you can just um, go to our pull request and check it out. It works. Uh, and yeah, we hope that it will get soon as an official plugin. And yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I really, uh, I think that that's something. I, I know that, um, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of backup stuff that goes on in the background um, with, with, you know, with the nodes and whatnot. But it, it is, it is really, I, I think, uh, something from the end user perspective to be able to, you know, go in and, um, you know, manually be able to do this themselves and see it themselves and see it as an easy process. So we really appreciate you working on the uh, the backup aspect because obviously this deals with money and value and <laughs> nobody wants to lose it. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that's um, that, that part for uh, using G uh, PGP encryption is like very general. So if anyone will want to implement uh, uh, yeah, and uh, other backend for I don't know Google Drive or like another storage like uh, AWS or something. Yeah, um, the, it, it will be quite easy to uh, reuse the PGP encryption part to like backup your backup your money, but don't let anyone to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, always keep your money encrypted. That's good. Um, so the uh, perfect. Thank you. The uh, the you have on the list the low bandwidth lightning channels. Is somebody in in the chat room here? Somebody. Hello. Okay. Um, because I don't have a have a um, outcome report here. So um, as far as I got it, it's uh, it's, it's the idea of if, if even managing a, a lightning channel through through very low band uh, setups, even about at least it's saying about uh, uh, managing through SMS, for example, even. So that's very interesting using it with, with uh, setups like Gotenna or Docker Mesh setups. So uh, would be interesting to get a get a follow up on that. So if if you if somebody's rewatching from the project. Uh, um, this this uh, recording, uh, please still put something in the wiki. That would be great to know where where you went through the experiment. Um, then we have the, uh, the the Bitcoin router. So uh, somebody from the Bitcoin router project is here who likes to 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 let us know what you were working on. Hey, yeah, that's me. And also, Candle is here as well. He was helping us out with the the GUI. So let me just get my uh, a. So let me just get a screen share up. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it was a very simple premise. Um, what the, the challenge was, uh, could we get an open source router called the Tourist Mox to run Bitcoin Lightning <laughs> services? 
So this was an exploration project. Yeah, Candle's got here the, the visuals up right now. So this is a product that comes out of the Czech Republic. It's an open source router. It's been they've been around for like I think ten years or so. Um, they came out with a, an open source router called the Omnia some time ago, and then more recently they did a crowdfund for the tourist mocks. Um, I can also show you here like uh, just what it looks like uh, on my screen as well, and. Uh, Basically, it's just a, a little PCB and you can plug in. What's really good about it is it's super extensible and modular. So they have these other add-ons so that you can expand on it. Um, I think that the, the Tourist Mox doesn't have a modem for broadband built in, but it has a 4G modem that you can get as an extension. So the evil master plan was, you know, could we come up with a proof of concept to show that the, the tourists could actually run some Bitcoin services out of the box, even though it doesn't have a super powerful router, just so that we could get like a proof of concept over. But then also with a view longer term to perhaps actually making our own custom PCB uh, that would be able to run the Bitcoin router. And really that the business business case for this is quite straightforward. Um, the assumption is, is that a, a lot of regular users, a lot of pragmatists out there that aren't super into Bitcoin would not necessarily adopt uh, a Bitcoin and certainly not get into full nodes unless it came part and parcel of an existing product that they use in their everyday lives. And earlier on, I was on World Crypto Network and somebody raised a very good point, which is that, you know, routers are rather like fridges in your home. They're just utilities, things that run in the background. And I would really like to get to what I call a post-crypto world, where we don't just focus on Bitcoin all of the time. We don't just make it front and center, but we rather see it as, a as part of the landscape. Um, of our world, that it, we just take it for granted that it becomes a fate complete, um, and we can just talk about it like like we're we're sort of past it. Um, so that what that means for this project is that of course, like lo looking at the outcomes, like tour hidden service should be by default. Um, people should be able to choose their own VPN. The tourist mocks actually allows you to run an open VPN server, for example. One of the big challenges we actually had and made us realize early on in this project was just how difficult it was. Um, to to get something like this running because a lot of standard um, you know home routers don't allow you to punch through the NAT right you, the port forwarding is is an immediate barrier um, and so we we were able to get around that with Tor for a while but then I had to sort of get on my bike and and, and go around and, and try to find someone who had root level access. Um, so this is really the idea, and we'd really appeal to anybody, just for Candle can show some of the visuals. Anybody has experience with building hardware can give us some indication of the work that would be required and the money to be required to, to produce our own custom PCB. That, that would be really appreciated. So I know, Candle, you want to show off um, what, what your vision is for the panel, for the... Uh, yeah, yeah, let me... Let me talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, as um, Chris was already saying, we were like um, playing around with the hardware, which is also, by the way, an open source hardware project. And um, we, yeah, we, we thought about how we could uh, integrate Bitcoin, Lightning, and Bitcoin related services like Electrum, Join Market, or and so on together. And here I just brought up some uh, dummy-like um, demo, how one could Im imagine it to be. Because um, our goal is to make it as easy as possible to like set it up like plug and play, get it uh, rolling without uh, having this hurdle of uh, uh, going into the terminal or stuff like that. 
So, and yeah, this is just a small representation of how, how it could look in the end and to get a start. Cool, thank you. So any, any questions? Yeah, I'm just thinking of how much it would cost to actually build that initial board. Sorry, I, I stopped. I, I was I was there when you when you mentioned that, and I just stopped there. I was like, "How much would it cost to make that board?" Yeah, I, I don't think it's. Yeah, I think it's totally. It's not doable. cheap. It's not cheap. No, well, definitely not for a small number to start. But I, I know the company I work for uh, manufacture. Well, now we, yeah, you know, now we send them out, but we used to manufacture our own boards. Um, yeah, it's pretty expensive. Mm. Just just the heat chambers alone are like two hundred thousand dollars just to test that aspect of it. So, <laughs> anyways, wow, yeah, but that's worth it. I totally cool. agree. By that's the way, but you can get you can get there's plenty of services um, if you um, do a, a board design and get them. You can get them prefabbed um, out. Uh, there's a whole bunch of services for that on, on which, which, which and you can you can you can get boards custom boards made pretty pretty cheap. And if you're willing to you know attach. A bunch of components yourself, then you know, just print the boards and then it's yeah. you can get more rather than fabricate the whole board yourself. That's yeah, exactly. Expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, awesome. yeah. People are the, the link to our Matamost is, is on the wiki as well, so uh, everyone's welcome to come in and and say hi. And yeah, any ideas like that, I'd be, I'd be totally up for that. I actually need to get more into hardware, so I'd be really up for learning stuff. I have to add to this that I still have to enable the signing in uh, feature, or otherwise we need to exchange in the wiki the link to an with an invitation code for the MetaMost. Okay. Okay. Cool. I I just want to add that I absolutely love the uh, the philosophy about making it part of the landscape. I, I think that that's very important mm. because just like the internet, right? You know, obviously the, you know, Bitcoin is the internet of money. Well, this is part of one of those steps of making that actually happen. Yeah. And I think the public is ready for that. Like five years ago, I used to go into bars and restaurants. And when I went to pay, I would always do this little joke where I get out my phone and be like, can I pay in Bitcoin? Like I'm ready to pay. And people used to say stuff like, no, not yet. And I think there's always been this sort of uh, pregnancy that people have had in their minds. It's not quite there yet. I'm not ready to get into it yet. But I think a lot of pragmatists do kind of see it as inevitable. And if if we as a community can present this as a fait accompli, I don't think it needs to get mass adoption. I'm not talking about getting your mum to use it or any of those cliches. I'm just saying, like if it can just become part of that landscape of products in our environment already, if it's already on your router and it comes with, I think that really signals, you know, signals that it's already here. Like we could just move on and we don't have to treat it like it's the special thing. I love that. That's, that is fantastic. Cool. Well, thanks very much for letting us present. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. So um, from the hardware now, we I think we, we, we try to make a detour into gaming. So uh, we had uh, two game uh, uh, projects. I think somebody here from Light Knight, just to ask, I uh, haven't checked completely the, the list. So uh, if so, now is your chance. Okay, but uh, there's, uh, there's definitely uh, the issue list there. So people that even want to check it out uh, and want to get feedback on the Light Night project, um, check out the issue list on the on the on the wiki. Um, so then we have the Bitcoin bounty hunt. Is somebody yes. from Project here? Okay, can you report? Actually, Hi, I can you hear me? Yeah, I would. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Perfect. So we are building a 
lightning-based, Bitcoin-based uh, multiplayer shooter. And we used the weekend to basically show the game off to more people and to find some bugs. And we found a pretty substantial bug. So one user today earned about 2 million Satoshis. So fuck that. <laughs> because the cool thing of our game is um, the game runs a LND Neutrino node alongside it. So every fund that this user earned, it's basically his and we cannot change everything, <laughs> anything there. Uh, a little bit about our game. So it's, like I said, an online multiplayer shooter. The goal is to collect these cubes, which are bounty cubes or Satoshi cubes. And when I collect it, you can see on the right, my bounty number increases. If I die, I will drop some of my bounties. So the goal is to kill other players to collect their bounty. Uh, the bounty gets converted to like real Satoshi at the end of the round and also during the round. So that's basically the gist of it. So there's this player. I now try to kill him. Let's see how that works out. So I'm running a shotgun and I kill him and now could collect this. Now I can collect this cube. Now the big question is how does the money get into the game? Because uh, <laughs> it would be pretty stupid to just pay it from our purses because as I said, 2 million was earned today. Right now, the earnings are along the scale of 1K. Okay, so now the round ended. So the money comes in via advertisement. So as you can see, here's this Bitcoin logo, or here's the next Bitcoin logo. And it works via our super rudimentary page, where basically you can uh, create yourself as an advertiser to, to basically be, be in the game. Another feature we, for example, have is that you can increase the bounty of uh, players per demand. So if I increase my own bounty, give me one second to pay um, for this. I, I'm totally fascinated. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but how much do you charge to advertise in the game? Uh, right now, it's just 1K so that your image shows. Also, so that you're activated as an advertiser because we also do like manually have to approve advertisers, right? We don't want to have basically not cool stuff in there. So we uh, approve you. It costs you 1K sats. And then every sat you um, add to yourself, we have like this this balance type player sats. So you can just increase your player sats and they will get um, like distributed to the players. So right now it's basically free, I would say, to advertise. And also, it's it's hard to think of it as advertising or as showing like what you want to show. I don't know how many people look at the at the banners while playing, but basically, what you're doing is buying goodwill, right? Yeah, but it's still amazing. It's absolutely genius. You you just I mean, it's it's real estate in front of the person's face in one of the most personal settings that they have. Yeah. That that, that yeah. is I mean that that is fantastic. Yeah. So. The cool thing is, as I said, that the game basically runs a LND Neutrino node alongside it. And what we do is, um, so here I have like my balance. So I have 15K balance on my local LND daemon. And um, because we do not want to use custodial wallets because the law for it is pretty weird in Germany. So we're, we're thinking, thinking, okay, can we improve the UX of a Neutrino LND wallet? And basically what we do is we have a custodial wallet until you have enough Satoshis to pay for a channel, at which point we will um, basically open a channel to you, is, is what we're doing. So our game basically just, we're looking at new features of, of Lightning and just try to implement them as a game, basically, is what we're doing. 
Yeah, and after this wrap-up is done, I will stream the game a little bit on, on Twitch if you want to join. I have a lot of Steam keys I can hand out. The game is going to be free. We want to release before halving <laughs> would be our goal. Yeah. And you can basically play, play right now. Sometimes there are no Satoshis on the server because no one's advertising. But uh, yeah, just send me a message and I can... Um, and any one of you a Steam key. Can you put the, the, it, it runs on uh, Mac OS and Windows. Can you provide a link to the uh, to your current website right now so I could put that in the show notes? Uh, I yeah we have like so this is as I said we're not front end developers so this is our oh well this okay. bounty website and there's just then donorlab.com and also I think the Mattermost chat channel would be nice because there you can easily contact me if you want to have a key so these three things fine okay perfect ah there are there some questions from the youtube live stream looks good so far i think uh yeah i think you have to check later out the chat that was running on the on the live stream because a little bit hard to monitor at the moment um yeah well good good thank you for the overview um before we um get to the um, lay, uh, last project i think there kim is now in the uh, in the chat from working on the spectre desktop uh, you had some 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 entries because before you yeah now you're available yeah feel feel free yes. to give us give us some 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 short report or some short additions to what I was showing for. Yeah, exactly. So there's uh, one thing uh, about the uh, Tor uh, service where I'm working there on um, uh, a front end which uh, would be able to to that people can sign up uh, like a multi-user uh, web application then they can uh, set up. Uh, they are um, they are tunnel and uh, eventually can uh, pay via lightning. So if anyone is interested to uh, help me out with that as well, so it's pretty um, much done. I copied it from some older project, and uh, maybe that's uh, something which I, which I will set up uh, the next week as a public service. And maybe there are people also who would like to help with uh, maintaining and developing that further as a service. But apart from that, I want to say uh, some words about the uh, Spectre project, uh, which now is part of the um, Raspberry Blitz with uh, 1.5. So we're very proud to be part of that. And uh, I just want to say some words about uh, the, the, the Spectre project. So Spectre project is uh, two things on the one hand side. It's a hardware uh, wallet, mainly from the brain of Stepan Snigirev. Um, and um, it's uh, built out of standardized industrial components, so which you can buy off the shelf and then build it together um, for yourself. So um, that uh, it, it's uh, using only QR codes. So here you, you can see uh, one of these things which you uh, can build together. He's also uh, currently uh, having a version which where you don't have to solder because in that way case you have to solder because the main component is this here on top, um, which is uh, um, a touchscreen uh, enabled, um, yeah, um, 
kind of phone-like device, but which doesn't have any Bluetooth, no uh, network uh, devices, um, so, so that you can um, access it only via QR code. So you're scanning the QR code here, and you're um, then, on the other hand, if you, if you want to uh, push information from the Spectre desktop to the Spectre DIY, you're scanning it with the QR code uh, reader. So that's Spectre DIY. And what's now um, part uh, of Rusty Blitz is the Spectre Desktop, which is a web application uh, which um, where you can connect your hardware wallet, first of all, uh, for sure, the Spectre DIY, but also um, mainly all other hardware wallets. Um, um, I guess I'm not sure about the Bitbox 2, but I guess uh, almost all of the other uh, ones. So uh, I tested uh, personally the Trezor. Uh, ben Kaufmann today tested the Ledger. It's working. Uh, the cold card uh, is working. We tested not with Rusty Bits, but the chances are uh, almost 100% that it will work there as well. And um, yeah, and I think there are others which I forgot the name of but you can use almost uh, all hardware wallets and you can use them now with your own node so that uh, you can use them as a single wallet and you can also use them as a, a multi-signature wallet where you're using um, yeah uh, 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 X out of Epsilon uh, uh, multi-signature setup where you're um, then registering your hardware wallet into Spectre desktop and creating a multi-signature wallet out of them yeah, and that's uh, what I wanted to say about the Spectre desktop. There's also um, um, yeah, a support uh, channel in Telegram, which you can uh, visit anytime if you have any kind of trouble with uh, Spectre desktop or Spectre DIY. So you can find it uh, in the GitHub Crypto Advanced space. I will post uh the link in the chat and also maybe we can put it into the show notes. That's it. Thank you oh, for letting us present. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I do have one question though. I may have missed it at the beginning. What is the uh, microcontroller that you're using for the DIY? Um, that's uh, a discovery board. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It, it, it's not, it's a um, developer discovery board. I don't think it's a, famous brand. Okay. Uh, we have a shopping list in the Spectre DIY uh, GitHub uh, repository where you can buy it at Mouser and it's about uh, $50, $50 and the QR code reader is about $20. So all in all, you come up with something like $80, $90 or something like that. Okay, very cool. I'm definitely building this. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. So thank you. The next, or maybe the last one on this, I think, is the uh, point-time locked contracts, uh, the PTLCs. Uh, and I read a lot about poodles there. So please, please let us know what it's all about. I like dogs. I really like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. So um, this weekend, we've been working on uh, implementing PTLCs to replace HTLCs. And PTLC stands for point time lock contract. So essentially, rather than using hashes and hash locks to make uh, transactions atomic uh, over the Lightning Network, 
we want to move to using points. Uh, there are lots of reasons for doing this. The main one is that um, points you can add together, uh, whereas hashes you can't. And so what this lets us do is it lets us decorrelate payments along a route. So if you have a payment route um, right now on today's Lightning Network, every single hop uses the same hash to make things atomic, but this is really bad for privacy and um, there's uh, some fee stealing attacks and some other things that uh, this allows for. And so in the future, we want to move to using point time lock contracts, which allow us to add a random tweak at every hop um, so that nobody can tell when they are on the same route as anyone else. Uh, and this is a problem that's made uh, especially bad when using uh, MPPs and, and things like this, where you get a ton of routing information based off of these payment hashes. Uh, and it turns out that not only uh, do you get payment decorrelation by using points, but it also enables um, a ton of uh, other applications. Uh, you can do a bunch of contracts uh, using points, which are really the ands and ors of a bunch of other points. So you can have kind of these monotonic or multi-sig-like uh, access structures on these points. So for example, say uh, Alice pays Bob contingent on either Alice agreeing to this payment or some third party like escrow agreeing that say Bob mowed Alice's lawn or something like this. Um, and it's not only that, but you can also uh, do atomic multi-payment setup. So you can set up uh, these payments, which now these points allow you to enforce somewhat complicated contracts. And now you can set up a bunch of them in different directions at the same time. And not only that, but you can also transfer and update them. I've written a ton on this, but what we actually worked on this weekend was implementing just kind of this base level um, point time lock contracts. So the reason we haven't had this in the past is because we need adapter signatures, which we will be getting with Schnorr. Um, but Lloyd uh, Fournier, I think is his last name, uh, has proposed a way of doing this on ECDSA without too much fancy ZKP hackery. Um, and so this weekend, uh, Nickler, uh, Jonas Nick, uh, spent the weekend implementing this Poodle or Proof of Discrete Log Equality, also known as a, the DLEQ, DLEQ proof uh, in, in the literature, um, in LibSecP. Uh, which is the one fancy part you need in order to make this work in ECDSA. Um, and then on top of that, he implemented the, the tweaking for the actual adapter signatures. And then me and uh, Ben Carmen and uh, Rorp and a couple other people over at the Shirdbits team worked on implementing in Bitcoin S, the open source Scala library, um, uh, some actual uh, a client for constructing point time locked contracts uh, and even have a GUI on top of that. Uh, we are almost done. We just are working right now on getting the C library to communicate with the Java library. Um, so I don't have an actual live demo for you right now, but I'm hoping to tweet out or post out or probably put on the wiki as well some link to uh, a video of a working PTLC or pay for point essentially contract. Um, sometime later today or later this week if things go really poorly thank you very much and i'm sorry i did not catch i didn't catch your name uh my name's nadav uh nadav, handles cool. and cohen yeah
And uh, if you want to hear more about PTLCs, I recently was on uh, the Chain Code podcast. So I talked about them there as well. Okay, that is absolutely fantastic. This is the first time I've ever heard of, of PTLC. So this is, you know, for me, totally, totally new. Um, uh, do you also have a, a Git that you could share that we could uh, put in the show notes? Uh, GitHub, yeah, like a pull request, or, or, uh, or just or just anything to explain the uh, the whole concept uh, for the listeners. Ah, in that case, I have a whole blog post <laughs> series here. Nice. I'll, I'll put that in, uh, in Thank the you. comments. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So I can I can also just say we have on wiki.fulmo.org you find a list also of all the uh, of all the projects. Um, so um, it's with short descriptions what they were doing over the hex, uh, hex sprint, and also I think there should be the links then for, for for deep search. But also I hope the on the on the show notes here from the podcast you will also find a lot of resources now. Okay, let's let's check the list again. I think there was. Um, the RTL I had on the on the list was kind of late entry issues. I'm not exactly sure if uh, if, if they were worked on, but Suheb, are you on there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, but there was no. I mean, unfortunately, I think it was a late entry, so didn't see any action per se. But uh, the issues are there. So if anybody's interested in contributing, uh, you know, we can we can discuss if you want to discuss it from a UX perspective, product perspective. Uh, we can discuss and then we can hopefully invite some contribution. Perfect. So this is exactly the thing like there's, uh, I think not all challenges that were marked uh, in the GitHubs were, were kind of worked on because we wanted to present a selection and see what what people kind of uh, is working for with the people on the weekend. So it, it feels absolutely free to, to, to just check out still the wiki wiki.fulmo.org to, to check out the projects and, and see what issues they have marked in their GitHubs. I think every project loves it, even if you come a week late or whatever, like, uh, and say, oh, sorry, I don't have time the weekend, but now I'm here and I like to work on it. I think everybody loves that and very, very appreciated for every help uh, that it's that is going on there. So, so far from my list, at least somebody I maybe have forgot, sorry for uh, anybody in the chat wants to step forward and, and give a contribution, at least uh, that's, that's, that's the list I have on the wiki. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think that's it. Okay, so we went through the wrap up. (laughs) That is fantastic. All right, so are there are there any questions from from anybody to anybody in in this very large group? (laughs) All right, I think we're good, guys. Jeff, Jeff, can you? I, I got a question. I got a question right there. Sure, Ben. There we are. Cool. Um, so I heard uh, um, we were chatting yesterday, and um, yeah, it's public because Elizabeth said it on our chat thing, so that's fine. Um, I heard that there was the concept flying around about maybe having kind of a weekly event um, similar to this, or, or or some sort of I don't know, like people can work on their stuff in the week, and then we can all kind of get together with some uh, maybe on a Sunday evening. Um, uh, and this, the 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 the, the matter most, which we've had for the the hack day or the hack sprint, will continue to run, and we'll have some more meetups, kind of like a a regular kind of meetup every week at some point. Um, any any news on that, Christian? Or Jeff, uh, are you are you there? Yeah, um, great point. I was going to say that. Um, I think it's a good idea to do that, and 
I was talking to Elizabeth earlier and also because um, when Oliver had his talk, he couldn't really record it. So they can, he kind of wants to do it again on the record so people can watch it later. Um, so we're, we're thinking on doing like a regular weekly call where like you have one presentation and the community, community can get together, maybe similar to this one, uh, every Sunday night, Berlin time at eight, which is also a good time for the new, uh, for, for the American East Coast and even the West Coast to tune in. So that's kind of the geographic areas we can cover that. Um, yeah, and I hope uh, we can do it uh, next Sunday already. So uh, the plan for now is that we're going to have Oliver Gugger on again, who's going to talk about LSAT. He did a presentation yesterday, um, but as I just said, there's no recording and, and we'll post the link and set up a live stream, try to find a proper way on doing this because uh, we did a lot of stuff on Jitsi, but it's not really for mass hangouts. So we, we're still looking for, for a better alternative. Um, but, but that's the way, that's the idea so far. And for other events, uh, I think it's, it's it feels like we could do this again in a couple of weeks and maybe make this a regular thing as soon, as long as people are, have to stay at home. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Fantastic. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thank yeah. you, Ben, once again for, for doing the live streams and also, um, Josh, I, I was glued, like, all oh, my eyes were glued to my speakers uh, for, I don't know, five, six hours every day oh, just so listening to he, he you. Messaged, <laughs> he messaged me this morning and he was like, oh, yeah, man, I might be able to, like, pop on for half an hour. <laughs> he was there for, like, three and a half hours. It was great. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it was a real pleasure to, to speak to some of those people. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. All right. So, yeah, also thank you from, from my side to everybody. So it was really a pleasure to, to putting all these projects together. Um, again, you can use the MetaMost still after this hex sprint now. Um, but but don't forget, not everybody's checking uh, the, the MetaMost regularly. So if you want to contact persons, I think the GitHubs and the, the Twitter links that, are, that you will find are the best way to contact uh, the people from the projects. Um, yeah, thank you again. Maybe we, uh, we, we will look into this like in a, in a few weeks. Uh, we will call out for another hex sprint. Um, so it would be great to see all of you again. And Conicorus, uh, thank you really for, for, for giving us the, the hosting platform here and uh, looking forward to hear this on, on your podcast. So give us a little bit kind of closure here where, where we'll just publish again, where, where we use spread as one as messages. Oh, thank you guys. I, I definitely got to thank you guys because you're the ones that are actually building. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Um, it's going to, uh, well, it, you can definitely check all things uh, for my podcast on funwithbitcoin.com. Um, and that's where it's going to be posted. That's the main site, but it obviously also ends up on Spotify and um, on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. And, you know, at least five other five other platforms. I'm most likely um, I'm, I'm debating. I might publish it this week coming up or I might publish it in order of the podcast that I've done, which would put it in about three weeks from now. So I don't know. It all depends. <laughs> but I'll definitely that's why I wanted to get everybody's Twitter handles, because I wanted to include everybody I could when uh, when I tweeted out. Perfect. I think we also will have the recording to rewatch of the live stream. So just for people that, that want to have a quick recap, but also looking forward to the podcast. And yeah, so um, from my side, I think I, this was the wrap up. Thank you very cool. much. <laughs> and
and, and hope to see you all back soon again. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. That was the uh, the Lightning Node Roundtable number seven. It was pretty crazy and totally unexpected, um, but definitely, definitely welcome, especially at a time right now where we're all just kind of, you know, quote unquote, staying at home. So. Anyways, everything is going to be in the show notes, the links to the projects. I mean, the show notes themselves are going to be like a small book, so definitely check them out. I am totally fascinated by that Spectre do-it-yourself air-gapped hardware wallet. You know I'm going to be building one of those. Um, and obviously posting it on Twitter and doing all that fun stuff. Okay, so everybody's contact details will be in the show notes that wanted to provide them. Obviously, if you want to reach out to me, I am... Coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com for email. And if you want to catch me on Telegram or Twitter, I am at Coinicarus. Everybody, stay safe and stack your sats, and we'll catch you all next time. 